While learning, there are two types of struggles, content and mental. Content consists of knowing accurate information and practicing skills. Content struggle usually takes place in academia, but often outside as well. The second type of struggle is mental. Mental struggle is facing and battling outside factors you have no control over. These consist of personal hardship or any opposing factor you cannot control. In healthcare, we already talked about learning and, going and gaining experience, the content part, in blog number six. Now we will talk about the forgotten area, the part that everyone leaves out, the mental game. Specifically, legitimacy and gaining respect from patients, coworkers, and regular strangers. You can search and find countless stories of healthcare students having poor experiences during classes and rotation hours because of mental struggles. A lot of these unfortunately happen during rotation hours when, when trying to gain experience. People do not take you seriously and immediately shut down the hard work and dedication you put in to be in front of them today. These moments can break people into pieces, knowing you are good enough, but then being told you aren't from someone else. This little interaction can be crushing as an elephant holding you down, and the reality of it is, is a lot of people cannot take this stress. People will become frustrated and upset, but it's about how you react. Do you react with anger and frustration, or do you react with understanding and care? Reacting with understanding and care will lift that elephant off you and allow you to continue on your journey. But if you react with anger and frustration, that elephant will only lean and put more weight onto you, and so you can't go any further. You'll be stuck stuck in a place of anger and frustration. For reasons like this, a mental hardship can be more difficult than any class you will ever take. As I have said before, I struggled heavily with finding experience. I couldn't find the person that would take me seriously and hire me for the position. But when I did, I was extremely nervous. I wasn't nervous about taking care of over 400 kids. I was nervous about the parents and about how the parents and counselors would react to having a 19-year-old in charge of first aid and medical requirements. I could still remember people asking what group I was in charge with, only to reply with, I'm the camp EMT. Here are your kids' EpiPens. They all had the same look on their face, astonished and curious. Curious at how someone so young could be responsible for something so important. I don't blame them either. It's a hard thing to take in. The people that accepted me immediately grew very fond of me. They were inspired to do more at a young age and not scared of dreaming big. I would often give advice and explain the things I did to get into the position I am in today. For the people that didn't accept me, it was a constant battle, a battle of trying to earn their respect. I wasn't trying to earn the respect for my own gratification. I was trying to earn it in case of emergency occurred. I wanted all people to feel comfortable coming to me, no matter the problem, even if it wasn't medical related. These people would often question my position and my ability to do it. I have heard things from, you aren't a doctor, why would I come to you? and your license means nothing. I can do what you do. I will admit, a lot of these comments hit me deep. They made me frustrated and feel minuscule. But I never got mad at them. I never got mad because they don't understand the struggle. They don't understand that one day I wish to become a physician's assistant, but that takes time, and time isn't something I can speed up. Instead, I dealt with it, I dealt with it and tried to be, just be personal with them. A lot of those people ended up coming to me throughout the summer, some with serious medical emergencies, and now I've earned their respect. Just like it takes time to become a physician's assistant, it takes time for people to trust and respect you. So as long as you are, as long as you are patient and understanding, the mental struggles and learning in healthcare will be challenging but not impossible. 
So the one thing I'll say right now is that people are ruthless. <laughs> and when it comes to the service industry, and you may not think of healthcare and providing medical assistance as a service industry, but it is you're serving people um, for their needs. Um, you're serving people for their medical needs. Um, the service industry is very ruthless. People do it all the time with the waiters. Uh, I was a waiter at an assisted living home. And the people there kind of didn't understand the struggle. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't understand the struggle uh, a lot of times. And I'll use waiter again because it's a perfect example. Um, people often, you know, their food comes out. It's, you know, not prepared properly. And they just wreak havoc on the waiter. You know, it's not the waiter's fault. They're just the messenger. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not their main job. They have a lot of other things going on in life. And, you know, people don't give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with uh, gaining respect and gaining trust from people in the medical industry. Uh, for example, I'll use my EMT job a lot uh, for this blog. But when I was getting this job as the camp EMT, it was very hard to gain respect for people. And some people, it was very easy to gain respect. And those people I commend, those people are open-minded. They're, they're very enthusiastic and there's definitely a, a type of person um, that, you know, is open-hearted and open to, uh, you know, new experiences, letting someone so young be the medical provider of a, of a you know, company and, and a camp. Um, but, you know, reach across the people that, um, that are not so friendly. A uh, perfect example was my medical director when I was the first year working as a camp EMT uh, at my camp. He instructed me that I should not call um, parents when uh, when their camp when something happened to their camp. Let's say they had a mark in their face. Obviously, you don't want to send home a kid, and all of a sudden there's a, a scratch or something near their eye, and the parent calls the camp and says, "What happened? No one told me about this. You know, why is there a scratch on my kid's eyes?" So we usually call before they get home just to give the uh, parent a warning, explain what happened, and you know, be more proactive than reactive on the situation. But I was instructed that I would have to call my, um, you know, coworker, um, who's also an EMT, and she would have to call for me, and I would give her the information, and you know, she would have to explain it to what happened uh, to them. And I found this very kind of you know disrespectful in a way. You know, I'm not like you know so deep-hearted about it now, and so angry about it. Uh, it never it didn't bother me that much, but it bothered me that the reason behind it and the reason behind it was that I was so young and he didn't think I was mature enough to um, explain these things and talk to parents in a proper way. And he didn't even know me. I, I didn't have an in-person interview with the guy and, you know, he didn't know who I was, what I was capable of doing. I talked a lot. Of, I talked a lot at church. Uh, you know, I placed, I was ranked nationally in, you know, public speaking uh, and marketing for, for DECA. Uh, I placed second uh, two years in a row in my DECA competition, which includes a 15 minute uh, marketing presentation. You know, I, I'm very good at speaking. I'm very good at handling questions, very good at handling uh, adults and being mature with it as long as well. And, you know, I don't think I was given the fair chance for that. And eventually it reached the point that he realized that and I was able to start calling parents and, 
it's a little thing, but it was a big thing in my mind because I knew he was starting to gain respect and gain trust for me. And that was a huge thing, especially in a medical uh, field. The other thing is, you know, what I spoke heavily on is that I'm not trying to gain trust and I'm not trying to get people to like me and be friendly of me because I'm this self-conceited, I want everyone to be friends with me. But it's more of the reason is I'm the primary medical um, person. I'm the first person that shows up if something were to go wrong in that, on that campus. And if people don't like me, people don't trust me, people don't think I'm good at my job, they are not going to feel comfortable to come talk to me. They're not going to feel comfortable to, um, you know, meet up with me and, you know, discuss these things if something, you know, private were to happen. And it reached a point where, you know, in my first year, I, ha I had even had people come up to me with some serious, uh, serious, serious medical information um, that, you know, I will not disclose because of HIPAA stuff and stuff like that. But that was life-threatening and people wanted to disclose it because they felt comfortable and they, and they saw me as a friend and they saw me as someone they could trust as someone that gives, provides, you know, good support and good uh, help uh, for them and what they needed. And for those things to happen is really why I love this job. Uh, you know, you're able to be friendly, interact with people, hear people's life stories and, you know, eventually over time gain trust and, and help people in a way that never they never thought that would be possible. So, you know, gaining trust is a hard thing to do. And the one thing I have to say about gaining trust is, is be personable. Again, don't be that person that's trying to be the the all hero. I'm I'm the camp EMT. You should listen to me on everything that happens medical-wise. I you could ask anyone that worked at the camp, I did not do that. I walked around like I was another person. Uh, everyone knew it was the camp EMT. I didn't walk around saying, oh, you know, if this happens, let me know. Obviously, I want everyone to be safe. I would say stuff when things were going wrong. I was trying to be proactive in situations, telling kids to get down from from giant rocks and stuff like that. <clears throat> but I wasn't this guy going, "Oh, I got my EMT license. Like you cannot be doing this." Blah blah blah. You know. Instead, when people came over, they were open to asking me questions about you know what I did in life, what my outside interests, and stuff like that. And I took a course in high school, um, in the honor school at Arcadia University. And one of the classes that we discussed heavily is the leadership. And, you know, a lot of people, when they're talking to you about their problems and stuff like this, and this is a huge uh, mistake a lot of people make. Uh, let's say someone comes up to you and they start talking about uh, their finger and how it's hurting and something like that. As a medical professional, you start talking about what happened with it. And how does it feel? Um, you know, what it looks like, you know, obviously you observe and, and make sure everything's okay, make sure there's no bruising, make sure there's swelling uh, is going on, uh, you know, and then you, you do cause of action from there. But the last thing you want to hear, and this just goes on for general, uh, you know, things you could use outside of medical, you could just use it as a, as a person, is when someone comes to you with a problem that they have, you don't respond with the problem that you would think was similar to them. Because... When someone comes to you with a problem, they want you to listen to their problem. They don't want to end up listening to your problem. They didn't come to you because they want to hear about this one time back in elementary school, I broke my finger on, on the playset and it felt like this. What they're going through is a completely different experience. They could have jammed their foot, uh, finger in a basketball. They could have fell on it or something like that. And telling them about the past experience that you had and how it was similar and how 
you know, it, it wasn't broken in the end, but it felt like this isn't something that they want to hear. You're there to be supportive, be a supportive of their situation. You're there for basis to basis um, examinations uh, of people. And um, that's something that I've kind of learned. Uh, I learned that in high school just a little bit, but maybe touched on it more in college. And I've used that ever since this day. I'll use it, you know, to the end of time. Uh, I use it at work. I, I've used it with my friends. I've used it with my girlfriend. And every single time it's been successful. It's how you're a good listener. A leader isn't someone that's able to take control of a situation and necessarily um, direct someone in the right path, although that is a good leader. Uh, but a leader is able to listen. Uh, a leader is able to help someone uh, with their situation and make them feel like they're important. Um, you know, and again, I'll say this, I know I'm talking about leader, leadership and, and but leadership is an important part of gaining legitimacy uh, in the healthcare industry. But uh, a leader is anyone. It, it, yeah, every person has their own different dynamic of how they wanna be one. And I think that's really important to point out. But gaining legitimacy in the healthcare industry is incredibly hard. You have a lot of people above you. And this is when it becomes uh, challenging. No matter who you are, unless you are the top director, uh, direct, top physician director, whatever you want to call it, of like the world, there will be someone criticizing you, someone above you, and someone that someone always can point out that's above you. And for me as an EMT, um, as I said, I want to become a physician's assistant. And when people tell me that I have no qualifications and I don't have the qualifications to be doing this job properly, I, I find it very, I'm not going to say disrespectful because uh, I don't find it disrespectful. I understand their concern, but I find it very demoralizing in the end. I find it very disheartening um, to hear people say that because I said this in the blog, but you know, it takes time to, to gain that experience. And that's what I'm doing currently at that job. I'm gaining experience and hopes to maybe see those people on another day at a higher position and help them in a different way, in a better way, uh, in a more serious situation, possibly. But um, that's the same thing. I'm going back to the waiters, but those waiters, I'm sure a lot of people that are waiters have higher aspirations, but they're doing that for a side job. Um, there's a lot of hardships that people don't see behind it. And I think before someone starts criticizing, especially lower personnel um, in the healthcare industry, EMTs, uh, nurses, nurses work extremely hard. Uh, I commend them with everything they do. Uh, they are probably one of the hardest working uh, healthcare um, employees and members um, of the emergency response system uh, in the world. Um, they truly are their own breed and I don't think they get commended enough for that. But, you know, people, I don't even know where I was with this, but people just need to, you know, understand people's situations a little more and, and be a little more respectful. And that's something from when I've been working as an EMT for the last few years and learning from other people's stories and experiences, I've become very fond of and I've become very knowledgeable of is whenever I go to uh, anywhere, including a restaurant, including uh, urgent care, uh, no matter where it is, I give people the benefit of the doubt. If they're asking me to do something, that's their uh, profession. That's their, they're the professional in that. And if they ask me to do something, I will do it no matter uh, if my opinion is otherwise. And I think that's something that more people should be open-minded to. Uh, you are not the 
a professional. You are not the person that's has that job. There's a reason why that person of that job is telling you something uh, to do something, and you should respect that. Um, you do not have that EMT license unless you do. But even then, if you're not on the job that day, you should be listening to the other EMT. You could ask them why. You could ask them, why am I doing this? And I'm sure any EMT would be gladly to explain it to you. Um, or any person of any profession would be gladly to explain why they are doing something for you. There's always a reason behind everything. And gaining legitimacy is a real thing. It's a real struggle in the healthcare industry. It's a real struggle throughout life. And you will be rejected uh, from many people and you will be put down by many people. But I just encourage you to just keep going and don't let that stop you from future endeavors. Um, but yeah, again, uh, I hope this blog was interesting. And if you have the field need, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, please send a message or email us at contact at mybiologyexperience.com. I'll get back to you personally, or I'll get back to you on a blog uh, or in a comment section. You can comment the blog below. Uh, head over to mybiologyexperience.com and make sure you subscribe to us there. You can also follow our Spotify and many other play, uh, you know, places that we post our um, voice blogs where you get some extra information uh, about the blogs in my life. So yep, make sure you leave the like and you know support us. It helps more than you can imagine. Um, and thank you. Have a great day, guys. And I hope to spread some more branches.